Okay, Pac, Dre, and Snoop were all contemporaries at some point when Pac was alive. And Snoop and Dre both globally respected and loved, not just West Coast, East Coast, the South, Midwest. Like people in Asia know about Snoop Dogg. People in Africa know about Snoop Dogg. And Tupac, he, like people love him globally, but he's not here. And the, the point of it is, he didn't have enough time to change. He was 24. Um, yeah. But luckily for Snoop and Dre, they were able to get out of those uh, scenarios, man. Like they were able to be like, hey, Suge, I don't like what's going on here. I'm a bounce. And had the and balls to do like, even <laughs> like, I don't give a fuck if Suge Knight's a scary guy, but just to be yeah. an, like an artist who's making money, a shit ton of money and then being like, you know what? I just don't like how you're running this. I'm going to leave now and I'll figure it out, but I'm just not going to make all this money I've been making for years and years and years. That's crazy. And he's done that multiple times because as like he did, he's done everything that you could do as an entertainer. He's performed. He's had huge show, like, uh, you know, performances as just an artist. He's had TV shows, comedy shows. He's had been in like huge blockbuster movies, dramatic and funny, and he just keeps pushing. He has a he had a, like a podcast before a lot of people had podcasts and was doing like an internet video show. And what yeah. was it? Just Snoop interviewing everybody, and it was one of the. And I, he probably still does it. I mean, GGN News. It, I don't know if he yeah, does it I regularly, mean, but that shit was fire too. So I, I I don't think he does it anymore, but he's busy he's always busy doing something if he's not running his own show he's being interviewed on somebody else's show like i mean i don't know if it's because like he's it's just like the business was better but i feel like dre it just was i mean he became a businessman but like snoop it's like he became a businessman an actor uh an entrepreneur a fucking uh brand ambassador and like dre just kind of i mean maybe it's because he's just so fucking rich and he's just so successful it's like why bother but I'd say Snoop kind of has him on like the general everyone like if Snoop walks around I feel like Dre might be in a right situation you might not just obviously notice him but Snoop you're gonna know that Snoop Dogg walking around if not from the cloud of the weed smoke to just like the visual I mean you're gonna know it's it's him um no one else looks like Snoop there's I mean you know what people used to say Nipsey Hustle looked like Snoop but I like, see that a little bit. I mean, definitely. But even so, I just like Snoop I don't know. The one. show the, when mean, he's coming, I just feel like you know that the Snoop shows like you're in that general vicinity. You know what I'm saying? No doubt, man. I mean, he doesn't make as much money as Sean Combs or Sean Carter, but I do feel like Snoop Dogg is the most recognizable rapper in the world. 
as far as like a rapper i would personally just want to meet also that's the number one because not only are you going to get to meet a legend just a straight up hall of fame person uh just in society but you're gonna smoke some of the best weed that you've ever smoked if not the best and uh i look forward to seeing how i stack up I don't think I could keep up, but I just feel like I wouldn't embarrass myself. You know, I just feel like I'd, I'd be able to hang in the pocket for a little bit. He said the only person that could outsmoke him is Willie Nelson. I mean, that I can just I would just have loved to have been there, not only to just be in the circle, but just see Willie. No, I feel like that's another guy I want to meet. What's Willie up to now? He's still alive. Smoking a lot of weed. Yeah. Yep. That's what's keeping him alive, Steve. That THC, it's just like keeping everything held together. You know, I love that. So, and, and he was like a bad boy country guy. He's not like one of those Walmart motherfucking like elevator. They don't play Willie's music in the fucking mall. I mean, I, that's the country I fuck with. I fucks with that. The outlaw shit that, you know, I wrote a song about getting pulled over by like four state troopers and I had like a kilo in my back in the bed of my truck. I'm gonna put it in a country song because he lived that life. I mean, that motherfucker's steady still living that life because he just goes around on a bus that is like the straight weed mobile, basically. Remember that? uh, Real shit. Cheech and Chong movie where the whole car was made out of weed, whatever one that was. Do you remember that? Is that Nice Dreams? I think so. I get him. Yeah. It's one of them. But anyway, that's Willie's bus. And he just, if he runs out, which he never will, he just <laughs> breaks a little off, rolls up, and just keeps going, dude. That's fucking gangster. I feel like so that's got to be that. That's got to be something because Snoop, he looks like he's 40. He don't look old as shit. He, don't, he ain't aging. Oh. He just likes kind of graying up a little bit. But otherwise, the dude's in fantastic shape. Or what, what is he, 50 some? He's still built like Rodney from Baby Boy. I can't believe this motherfucker had the audacity to come over my motherfucking house and talk shit to me while I was locked up. And I was living Fuck my bitch. I mean, yeah. if that's what you call excellent shape, if that's his peak, <laughs> uh, then he so ain't, be it. But he I, ain't like fattened out. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of like a Busta Rhymes who used to be a lean guy, but now might, you know, gravity's taking effect or all those yeah, meals I mean, are taking effect. Yeah, Bustle Bust been back in the gym though, man. He, he trimmed it down. Did he? Okay. It, yeah, you, you you still haven't listened to that extinction level event too yet. No, I, uh, dude, you, I'm you telling you, man. I'm not a guy. I'm not good with the music because I only listen to it when I'm working out, and that's only an hour a day. So I already have the hits. I can't venture out. And what if I like? What if it gets me out of rhythm, Steve? Like, what am I gonna do here? Okay, I, be, before the end of the day, I'm going to send you a track or two from that album. It, it's Please. one of the best albums of 2020. And that says a lot because motherfuckers dropped some bomb, like not bombs, but bomb-like. Because <laughs> bomb is, means it's bad. But Yeah, I was about to say. Too. But I mean, I'm a, hey please by all means i want buster rhymes to be thriving i'm glad to hear he's trimmed down and getting back to bust to shape but i also would love to hear some new music i mean he's not a bad mc at all he's a good rapper but i just again i knew shit it has to be brought to me and i had you know i need like a validation for me to check it out so i appreciate that thank you oh yeah You, you do have a spotify account right yes i do awesome man expect a track or two in your inbox man now you know i I smoke copious amounts more than my fair share of marijuana from time to time matt 
Oh and, my God, you know, Steve, you smoke marijuana cigarettes? Life happens. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you listen to songs that you really like and the song sounds different. And I'll never forget this one time I was listening to Lenny Kravitz, Are You Gonna Come My Way? Or Are You Gonna yeah. Go My Way? One of the like essential 90s rock riffs, man. It's just a dope Bam, ass tempo. Okay. I, I'm 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 in Mars fucking zoning out, man, listening to some Jimmy and like usually that's what I hear, what we just did. But this time it sounded like the guitar was talking to me. Oh my and god, it, it, what kind it, of weed was this, Steve? Oh my god, man. It, it made you want to fold the dishes. And I think that like the guitar with the words they were saying was beautiful tasting pussy, beautiful tasting pussy. Beautiful. And then <laughs> You know what, bro? Like, that doesn't even make sense, but it, it doesn't does. matter because it's Lenny Kravitz and he can make things possible. He can fuck. I mean, if anyone would write a song where the riffs basically are saying that, I feel like it's Lenny Kravitz. Because, you know, he would know. The man would know. He's got to be a connoisseur. I can only assume. He's seen those insides of Lisa Bonet, my favorite what? Huxtable. Oh my and God. He, he's got like some kind of tryst or something going on with uh, Lisa Bonet and uh, Jason Samoa. Yeah. I mean, that guy, I feel like, I don't know if you remember this, but uh, he busted but, out of his pants one time live on stage. I think in the today, there was some performance he did where Lenny Kravis just busted out of those shorts. And uh, the guy's packing. So I think, yeah, he's probably just skewering both Lisa Bonet and uh, Jason Samo Momoa or Samoa. No, I'm not saying those two are doing it. I'm just saying they're like all aboard. In this oh, they're all in. I mean, with, they're all in. Ups. This is like a Jada Pinkett deal where there's some like, there's some re-dicking and some new dicking going on at the same time, you know? On that eyes wide shut shit, man. And hey, if you like it, I love it. Um, and I, I know that uh, things, you can't taste things beautiful. Beautiful is not a, you can't, yeah, that's not is. even how you yeah. apply that adjective. To a vagina, but, to pussy though, I guarantee, like, it's not like you're talking about like a chicken McNugget here. I think that applies yeah. and I, I almost want to go back and listen to it because maybe you heard something that he wanted you to hear. Exactly. You, know? you and, tapped and into of, that Lenny vibe real deep. That That's is one of the joys of marijuana and appreciating the arts, man. You know, it, it just adds to it. It's like, oh, I didn't even know that layer was there. Maybe yeah, that guitar oh, this, was this saying shitty TV show person. just became awesome all of a sudden because of this edible I just ate. I mean, that actually happened to me. I'm not going to bring it up right now, but I watched a classic holiday movie involving Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad over the weekend, Steve. And I got to say, if I wasn't on marijuana, I don't know if I would have enjoyed it half as much. So. How you gonna tell me Terminator is Santa Claus, man? Man, that crazy, man. Terminator. He, he's supposed to be talking about I'll be back, man. Well, you gonna come back through the roof or the front door? Dude, Sinbad, I mean, he commits he commits at least 25 felonies in the span of this movie. And I just wasn't aware that I didn't remember the magic of Jingle All the Way until I saw it over the weekend. Man, how, how you gonna be Santa Claus with muscles, man? Hey, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you a kindergarten teacher and a cop. Stop trying to fuck my wife, Phil Hodman. Jamie. That movie, dude, we'll get into it. But salute to Arnold Schwarzenegger for just having a decade where there was no acting. I mean, The Rock is taking the full page, the full effect. 
He just said, you know what? I'm not, I'm going to be me, guys. Oh, I'm going to be like, I'm going to play myself in a movie where a guy from Minneapolis, Minnesota uh, is a bad father and has to get a, a fucking toy for his kid on Christmas. And everyone was just like, you know what, Arnold? Go for it. And I, that movie probably made a trillion dollars anyway. So he was killing it, dude. Yeah. And Sinbad was too. Um, who was the little meatball kid that was in the movie? It's fucking the Anakin Skywalker kid that everybody hated from the the first the star episode one Star Wars. I think his name's Jake Lloyd. Yeah, well, fuck but him. Phil Hartman's you- in it trying to Phil fuck Hartman? Arnold Schwarzenegger's wife in the movie. I mean, the shit is just all is bananas, Steve. You got some kings right there. You got Sinbad, Phil Hartman. I think here's another crazy thing I just thought of. I think Sinbad and Phil Hartman were in another movie where Sinbad's like a criminal and he has to fake like he's Phil Hartman's long lost best friend and Phil Hartman's like a dentist. Dude, this is a movie, Steve. I did not just make this up. I'm telling you. Is this another Shazam? No, 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 no. I'll I'll look this up real quick, but you know, while we're talking, just know that there was another movie with Sinbad and Phil Hartman. So that's House Guest. That's it, Steve. That's it. And uh, again, these guys were kings. Phil Hartman didn't really make it out of the '90s, but I'm like that guy was amazing. That, he made that movie. I think it was probably because he was in it and Sinbad was in it that it was actually even a not a giant steaming pile of shit. Like Phil Hartman was like the utility guy. Like you could plug him into any skit and he was going to make it work, even if he wasn't the focal point. Yeah. That <laughs> Simpsons. Made you choke on those thoughts. I mean, dude, I got choked up just thinking about Phil Hartman, Steve. But no, that guy was a beast. He was in, I mean, it just sucks that you see him in these movies and you realize there's probably a lot of people that don't even know who that dude is anymore. You know, it's like, fuck, that guy's a legend. Well, that's why we create shows like this, Matt. And on that note. Thank you, Steve. Hi, boys and girls. This is Steve G and Mad G with Happen in the 90s, a show where we talk about things that happened in the 90s. So get out your Sam Cassell jerseys and your Tailspin t-shirts because it's Return of the Mac. Return of the Mac. Oh, Return of the Mac. And I'm not talking M-A-C-K. I'm talking about the Mac man. Makes bombs out of toothpicks, goddammit. Oh, Motherfucking like- Richard... Dean Anderson with three names as a name. You're either an assassin or a 90s icon. Word to Mark Paul Garcia. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you got it out, Steve. You got it out. You get the gist or Tiffany Amber Thiessen. That's man. Oh, is that some Illuminati shit, Steve? 
That's how you maybe know. They're, you know what? They're being trained by the KGBs. Motherfucking, yeah, they're 90s icons and shit, like that black boy said on that podcast, but they're also going to be assassins in the future. They're being, see, Mark Paul Gosler. <laughs> I fuck Mary Kill Mark Paul Gosler, see? I'll fuck Mary Kill Tiffany Amber Thiessa. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I just wasn't thrilled with this week, Steve. I feel like sometimes we, you know, we have to just go through and just pick some some like alternatives. You don't want to cover the same shows that week after week. And uh Yeah. I feel like we have done that, but hey, so what? But it was for a reason. Seinfeld. It was, it was because reason. we had to hit that one episode, you know. This we could have maybe went on a, a different MacGyver tip and anything I'm gonna just give us a tip that hopefully we listen to in the future. If we're ever considering a MacGyver Let's go. Let's not do the last season because the last season seems to be like uh, the reason why MacGyver maybe stopped. It's not good, Steve. Well, I do like this MacGyver because it has cameos from 80s slash 90s pop cultural. Are they legends? Uh, you, you know One what? Is. They're legends in their own right. They're One legends is. in their own right. In the terms of pop culture lexicon, uh, this this features uh, Dick Butkus. Uh, not only does he have a sexual innuendo as a name, he's an NFL Hall of Famer. Uh, and then Bubba Smith, also former Hall of Famer, Super Bowl winner, uh, great Raiders teams, Colts teams when they were in Baltimore. And he was Officer Hightower. Police Academy, uh, yep. you could probably do without like 13 of them. Uh, and I think there are 13 of them. Um, but then there's also uh, the guy Ogre, the guy who played Ogre in Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah. He's, um, I mean, well, who is he? The Greek or the the something? The Herman the German. The German, yeah, hell yeah. Herman he the looks, German. I, you know who I think I was uh, mistaking Ogre for a lot? Um, who was the guy who played the jacked RA and Saved by the Bell the college years? He was also a football player. Golick, Go Golick, Bob Golick. Golick, that's what it was. Because he, he's Mike Golick's brother from uh, Mike and Mike. Yeah. Yeah. They're, both, I mean, they're actually from Ohio. Really? They are Clevelandites. The Golics. Okay. The Golics, man. Yeah. Well, I that's I used to get them confused, but I realized watching this, and I got to say, it, that guy, he all he got an easy paycheck too, because he didn't have to really come in. He just came in and was just like big dick in the whole time. Yeah, he was in like three scenes, and they were like two seconds. And uh, you, you know what? You could throw Lyle Alzado in there too. He kind of had that like curly like mulletish hair he played for the raiders when they were good he died uh but he was in um ernest goes to camp he was in one of those ernest movies um and if you look at if you see a picture of lyle alzado you know exactly who i'm talking about he's in that same bracket well i mean this like, this it's a good 90s like hitter but steve but why yeah, is macgyver it, not doing macgyver shit it's all i'm saying okay i mean this is an off day and you know he can only do so much every day, all day, I any mean, day. Because um, he is human. I mean, and now that's hard to believe sometimes. But I, I do agree that this was a slow week. I, I noticed that uh, it, it seems that the the top, that like the best '90s shows, took a week off in the '90s. Like this uh, December second, uh, uh, go visit my family. This is like the week after Thanksgiving, basically. So it's just like you know what, guys, I'm tired. Like, let's do a rehash show. Let's do somewhere maybe we flash back a lot. But even a MacGyver, he was like, you know what? I need a break. I need yeah. to just help my buddy out this week. 
Yeah, man, Dick Buckus needs to get back in that ring, man. Uh, you know, but all the the, the hanging with Mr. Coopers, the Seinfelds, the Simpsons—they're all like, "Yeah, we'll see you December 9th. Uh, so because of that, we're relegated to cover for the first time, and maybe I don't know, hopefully for the last time, uh, wings. Mm. And I, I knew we were going to get to this point, Matt. Like, I, knew, I, I, I knew it was going to come it, to it, this. It, it was it was bound to happen. Now, I, I will say, people, a non-negotiable is fucking friends. That is a only a Patreon deal. Um, and I think we're going to title it, uh, this is the only way we'll watch an episode of fucking friends. Thank you. If you pay us. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I, I, Wings last, it was eight seasons. And I remember it being a thing. Wings was a thing in the 90s. And I never watched the shit. Uh, we did watch this episode. And if this is any indicator of how the rest of the show is, I want to know how the fuck they make it to eight seasons. It's they even put hookers in it, Steve. And even with a, a, a room full of hookers, this wasn't any more interesting than an episode of like some PBS show. This was just some hot trash. I hate the fact that the word "win" is in the title of this of this show. It, it, like, I, just that alone, right there, irks my fucking liver. Uh, I. I don't know how so many people like popped off of the show because there's at least three people that got a huge pop off the show and watching it other than like the cachet of like people behind the scenes, the names. Yeah. How, why was this still going? Did somebody just handing CBS or MB, whoever, whatever channel was playing this shit. We just handed them a check every year. Like, please just keep Steven Weber needs this credit. So please. Well, the, the guys that created it created Cheers or were co-producers of Cheers. So I guess they had a pull. Uh, this show started in the 90s, like 1990, and it lasted most of the decade from 1990 to 98. Um, I mean, and then it it didn't help that they created Frasier. So it's like, yeah. I mean, Frasier, let's not besmirch these guys because two out of we said this right before we hit record. Yeah. Two out of three in Hollywood success wise. That's a hard mark to like 66%. That's that's tough. So, I mean, give the guy some credit, but we you bound to make a fucking dud and at least their dud was an 8-year dud. I don't know how. You know. Honestly. I mean, at least Fear Factor had people eating dicks and drinking like piss and shit. <laughs> like at least there was something to watch on a weekly basis. This what was it? The fat man being a pervert every week? Is yeah, that like, it? Yeah, we come to see that. I can't wait. What, what is Oliver Hardy <laughs> going to say this time? <laughs> yeah. Hey, is Fatty going to fucking almost get a charge again? Or what's going on here? Is he going to Google Eight some Eight seasons, tits? Matt. <laughs> Martin only lasted five. Shit. I mean, and, dude, and I, I get the it. justice, Steve? And I, I get it. A big reason is because Tisha Campbell and Martin Lawrence had real issues off stage. But, shit. I'd rather see a spinoff of Bruh Man for another four years to, to overcome eight seasons of Wings. Well, I'll watch Shanae the show for eight seasons all day. I, like, I don't particularly care for that character too much, but I will watch that for a, a marathon of days, Steve. Over a I, will, I will binge watch a Dragonfly Jones musical for <laughs> five years uh, before I watch another fucking episode of Wings. No. I, I Tony Shalhoub, okay. I love. I I, I don't Tony mind Shalhoub. a Tony Shalhoub. I don't mind that. Yeah, maybe you know? not every another episode, but eight seasons of this shit. 
fucking basic B-grade Betty White, Faye, or whatever her fucking name is. I mean, this is just like, they took like a nice, like a character in a great show and they were like, all right, we need a fat guy, perverted fat guy. All right. Instead of Newman, it's this fucking chud. Like what happened to that guy is what I don't have. I don't even know the guy's name. I don't remember the character's name, but all I know is that his sole purpose is to make people uncomfortable on the show. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, he actually died last year, man. Oh no! Damn it! Yeah, yeah. Well, his we'll name get was. To that. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that uh, because in 1991, on December 2nd, we're going to be talking about all things December 2nd in the 90s. And in mm. 1991, MacGyver airs the episode "Split Decision." MacGyver's boxer buddy Earl Dent struggles with custody of his daughter and is blackmailed by bad bookies who want him to throw his comeback fight. Yeah, and. Uh... Like I said, I right when we picked it, I was like, here we go again. Are we going to see MacGyver making a fucking rocket out of some bubble gum and a toothpick and a matchstick and shit? Or is it going to be MacGyver moving? And Steve, unfortunately, we chose another <laughs> snoozer of an episode. Um, MacGyver, fresh off of some insurgency you know foiling he comes back to his apartment in venice that we saw him move into and uh he's got a house guest that didn't call ahead yeah man uh and that someone is his buddy earl played by the legendary dick buckus and dick buckus did you hear that coach he's cursing yeah <laughs> and not only did earl goldilock MacGyver's fucking house. Uh, he also enlisted him to be his boxing trainer slash manager. I guess I, he wants no, to get Steve, back in the ring. This was a fu- this was insane because the guy shows up unannounced. So right away, MacGyver thinks he's being robbed. Yeah, the guy turns the radio on, blasts the radio in an apartment, which can't make the neighbors happy. That's fucked up. That's a party foul. Starts cooking. MacGyver shows up and he's like, "Hey, MacGyver, I need to talk to you." And Dent not only needs a he needs a trainer, he needs uh, somebody just to hang with, I guess, because he doesn't have any other buddies. But he he's needs fresh a, out of jail. Exactly, he needs MacGyver to be a character witness in at some kind of legal proceeding that he doesn't even talk about. He's just like, come on, come on. Earl. And MacGyver's like, sure, why not? Why not, guy that I haven't talked to in a while, Dick Butkus. Yeah, er- Earl has no one in his life uh, because he needs a lot of things from MacGyver. Uh, he-, he needs uh, room and board. He needs a uh, character witness. He needs a boxing trainer. Um, and I got to say, is MacGyver the guy to go to in hand-to-hand combat? Is he, I mean, I get he's like a spy. He's an engineer, but I'm looking at MacGyver and I'm not seeing a guy who's going to teach you the like, footwork and the you know, the punching skills necessary to be not only to train a guy to box, but to make a guy a pro boxer, Steve, a pro but, boxer. But but here's the thing. Our buddy Earl Dent, the rocket man, they call them. Uh, he has zero. He has limited options because we're, everyone in town hates him. That's the word on the street. Everyone in town hates him. He's burned a lot of bridges and we don't know what led him to getting into prison. Uh, but he had to do some undercutting maybe some mischievous things. Yeah, and his not even his own, what we find out, daughter likes him because of all these foibles. Because we go to this legal proceeding and we see uh, a young 
tomboy girl named Ronnie. Uh, who's Veronica. sitting on a bench? Ver- I'm sorry, Veronica, but she it's, doesn't it's, like that name. Fuck yeah, that she name. doesn't like it. Oh yeah, yeah, Ronnie. Sorry, Ronnie. Ronnie, dude. So watch your fucking mouth, Steve. But Ronnie's sitting on a bench. She's very salty towards Earl, and it seems like the you know that's actually his daughter, and they don't have a good relationship. I'm not really sure why. I think it's just because he's been in jail. Uh, but this whole character witness thing is to see if. Earl can get like custody of his daughter. I mean, this is a very important thing to just be like the day before go, Hey MacGyver, I need you to show up and be a character witness. Like, don't you have to do a little preparation? Like, don't you got to get the guy ready? I mean, this seems insane, but it is MacGyver (laughs) and he is a great friend. Cause not only does he not say anything about all the fucked up things that this breaking in this and that he goes through with it and the child care services woman being kind of shitty to Earl, uh, bringing up his checkered past. But it seems like what is necessary for him beyond everything else is just that he has some money to prove that he can take care of this little girl. Um, so we get out of there. And not only but, does Earl want all this. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. But, but get this, though, man. They're at the Department of Children's Welfare. So, I mean, apparently when you go here. They talk to the lady and she's naming off all these things that she's guilty of or whatever. She he, she says that Ronnie is unruly, has unruly behavior. She's lying, cheating, stealing. And she's like the bad kid out of this bunch. Like how fucking weak, soft is are these kids to where this is the bad guy? Like, man, y- y'all really letting Ronnie run up on y'all, taking y'all's lunch? Blah, but six like, is fucking just terrorizing the fucking adoption house or whatever, the halfway house. <laughs> Ronnie ain't got no black eyes, no scrapes, no burns, and she's just getting away, taking people's bags, taking peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, um, and shit. She won't all the action. She'll take some more shit. I mean, that's what happens, Steve, when your dad just he's never around he's been in jail he always leaves and she's salty as fuck like she's just kind of a bitch honestly and and her and her mother died five years ago okay well and that's tough but at the same time she's she's throwing a lot of heavy sauce in front of macgyver just like straight up shredding her father in front of this guy so not only now does macgyver have to deal with this deadbeat guy who's dick buckus looking old as fuck and just haggard he's got to let him stay there he's got to let this guy's daughter who's salty and shitty as fuck stay there uh he's got to help fucking earl become a boxer and apparently he's got to still maintain whatever his daily routine is so cut back now earl was uh ranked number five in heavyweights in the world and uh he was getting his tyler durden on when he was in Folsom. And they don't blit punks in Folsom. I mean, I guess, but I mean, damn, I, I don't think prison uh, boxing is going to get you a pro fight straight out of prison, Steve. He's got Straight two up Mike weeks. Tyson. He's got two weeks. I mean, Mike Tyson, yes. Uh, a haggard old man that's getting out of jail looking a little uh, svelte. I don't know. I don't know, Steve. Hey, man, this is the Drunk Uncle Federation, man. And the winner the winner gets the last turkey leg on the dinner table. This is for all of the, the stuffing. And here's the thing, Steve. It's not, I mean, MacGyver's got a nice pad. He's got this little, like, drive-in garage. He's got a little loft setup going on. He's got a nice little setup, but he doesn't have a gym. 
So not only is this guy coming in and he's like, hey, MacGyver, me and the kid are going to go get some food. Set up a gym for me. And MacGyver's like, I guess I'll look around and see what I got. Like, uh, but Yeah, but we overlook the fact that this motherfucker has no car. Uh, he's telling MacGyver, like, yeah, I'm going to hop in your whip. Yeah, yeah, fix this shit up. You know I want to train, right? I'm trying to get back in the ring. Do something with this shit. All right, I'm about to take my little girl uh, get some food. Wait, dude, he even throws shade on the space because he gets down there. He's like, wait, you're going to turn this into a gym? And MacGyver's like, I wasn't expecting company, bro. I wasn't expecting to set up a 24-hour fitness today. My bad. Yeah, just on a whim. I get it. By the way, take my nice Jeep out and just go drive around to try to fucking hang out with your deadbeat daughter, too, you fuck. Oh, and because you're a freshly escaped convict um, or a freshly released convict, you have no funds. So, yeah, you're going to the grocery market and you're going to spend, obviously, my money. Um, so, what, yeah, he, Like, what was the connection before all this happened? Like, where did they come together that this no friendship is this deep? Because, I mean, honestly, Steve, you show up, I'm going to help you out. Some guy I showed that I used to know 10 years ago shows up fresh out of jail talking all this shit. I'd be like, get out of my place right now, please. Please get out before I call the cops. Matt, and that's what I call the beauty of staying in our fucking lanes. Because MacGyver's a jack of all trades, he knows people of all walks of life. Mm. He knows goddamn kings, queens, and goddamn recovering uh, <laughs> fighters fresh from prison. <laughs> CT the fuck up. But he goes, so Dan goes out with his daughter. And here's the thing, Steve, you can see that he's a good dad because they're having fun in the parking lot. They're throwing a, a maybe a loaf of bread around. They're throwing some around in the parking lot. Uh, Dick Buckus catches a bread loaf, does like a little block into a car, and then the most aggro fucking businessman of all time shows up and just starts shit talking Dick Buckus and is like, "You lucky I won't fucking kick your ass right." I was like, "What, like, motherfucker? Do you know who I am? Do you see yeah. this buzz cut, motherfucker? It's 1991 and I have a buzz cut. I'm not Chris Mullen, uh, so or or Big Boss Man. So I mean business. And this these whiskers." Only a man of epic proportions would have a mustache like this. Uh, me and the guys from the Whispers band. Oh, and by the way, I'm fresh out of jail, motherfucker. Like, it's a, just that overlook that aspect of the story. But this guy, he ain't having it. He's like, all these scratches. This is he very scratches. LA behavior, though, Steve. This is very like you go into a Rouse parking lot, and if you fucker like look at a guy wrong, this might happen. So, Dick Buckus, Earl what have you he sucks it up steve because he's in front of his daughter he doesn't want to get in the thing and his daughter's all about it though she's like why don't you whoop that motherfucker's ass you could take him you're dick yeah. buckus <laughs> yeah we're just gonna call him dick buckus from now on steve because i just love saying dick buckus so that's what we're gonna do so dick buckus avoids killing a guy for disrespecting him and his daughter um, and cut back to MacGyver, and MacGyver actually has done some MacGyver shit, Steve. Yeah. He's created boxing robots for this guy. I mean, can you believe it? <laughs> oh, but, like, be before they get back to MacGyver, Ronnie steals some uh, wrestling cards. Apparently, she's a wrestling fan. And uh, Earl sees this, and he's like, you know what? No, I'm going to pay for these cards with MacGyver's money. Um, <laughs> MacGyver's going to pay for this. I, we have to have yeah. this. I can't have this happen. Just put all this shit on this card. I never asked for any of this. I just told this motherfucker, I'm Dick Buckus. <laughs> he owes me. 
Yeah. I have the name of a prank caller. <laughs> I was in My Two Dads, damn it. With Paul Reiser and the motherfucker that looks like George Michael. Oh, dude. Dick fucking buckets. I'll take Buck your fucking Jeep. You hop on you hop on your, your bike. Yeah. I'm gonna take your hey, Jeep. Man, follow fucking me. Clean this shit up. Make yeah. me a gym. Oh, you ain't got any equipment? Make some. Make can and engineer me some shit, motherfucker. I know you can do I it. I don't knock on doors. I turn on music. Shit. Steve, give me a call at least. You can come into my place when I'm not here, but at least give a man a call. You know what I'm saying? Don't show up in I LA. You might get shot. I mean, I gotta yes. assume a guy for whole part of it. Got a gun, how dude. people get shot. A lot of times. Oh, dude. I will knock yeah. before I come in. <laughs> Oh, so again, yeah. again, Steve, Dick Buckus, he seems to be like a pretty, like, no matter what the shit was that sent him to jail, he seems to be kind of like he's a reformed. good dad. You know, he seems he wants, to be kind yeah. of, a, he's going down the right path now, at least, except for like because the the embezzlement of MacGyver's funds. But that's all, yeah, man. that's on the arm, he's, Steve. He's that's got on a, the arm. A, it, it'll come back sevenfold because he's going to get 25 of them things after he fights crazy Eddie Jackson. And uh, just like the lady at the child protective service, the told him, these babies need guidance. They need structure. That's what Veronica needs. She does need that. She needs she that. She doesn't need these fucking uh, child's play overalls that she's wearing with every outfit. <laughs> yeah, dude, she got Oshkosh Bagash that just keep growing with her. You know, it's like, it's like child. She's wearing the, like, the Chucky doll uniform. Is basically exactly. what she's dressed as. <laughs> But thankfully, you know, not only did MacGyver engineer two boxing robots, one of which is basically just one of those punch power machines they have at a bar, but yeah. he made that in the 90s, way before I used to, I ever saw them. Um, but he's also engineered these things to incorporate uh, another person. So not only does Dick Buckus get to punch, he gets to punch something. Uh, yeah. The daughter, Ronnie, she gets to help out so this is also a good dad machine steve kindling a bonding exactly and they she's this. loving it you see it like buckus is like really not looking great but they get the start they get started and this is where rusty. is this where the montage starts steve no we haven't gotten to that because while dick buckus is uh busting out his sweats for the first time uh in walks dorothy's ex-husband on golden girls and officer hightower from police academy uh, real names Herb Edelman and Bubba Smith, respectively. Uh, and uh, they, they go by the names Riggins and Bailey. And we find out that Riggins, uh, a.k.a. Stanley, uh, is Earl's former manager. And he was his manager for five years. <clears throat> Put a lot of bread into the man. And he's he's coming just to make sure his investment's still active. You know what I'm saying, Steve? Because they have an agreement. They yeah, have a man. little thing. They got a little plan here. And this 25K that uh, Dick but Dickie Buttkiss is about to get, it ain't to win the fight. It's to throw the fight, Steve. Mm. They're running numbers. Oh, Stanley. It, this doesn't, <laughs> it, it, at first it, it was offsetting seeing him and he's not getting dissed by Estelle Getty or B. Arthur. It's like, oh, this, uh, but I, what I will if B. Say Arthur this. just came in and just shredded this guy? I mean, he deserved it. He's a shitty criminal, too. He's a shitty husband and a shitty criminal, so. You can't even shoot. <laughs> Stop, Stanley. Just like you couldn't shoot in the bedroom, Stanley. 
Not surprised you couldn't hit that. You couldn't hit me with your dick, Stanley, you fucking piece of shit. Hit the G spot, Stanley, you punk. So so Stanley dresses uh, Earl down in front of his daughter and says, your old man could have been champ, but he didn't have the brains to listen to me. Whatever, Stanley. And he's got a very Eddie out. Arcadian vibe, you know. He's got that vibe where he's just like he's, but he's like even lower level than Eddie Arcadian, you know. He's just a bookie. Yeah. At least Eddie Arcadia had a little baddie with him. <clears throat> he's got he's got Officer Hightower with white tits. And, and we we also know that Earl needs to take the dive in the eighth in the eighth round, um, and he tells. Riggins, you keep my kid out of this or you're going to get your brain scrambled. And I believe it because this is Dick fucking Buckus. I mean, Dick Buckus threatening me. I mean, is the man alive now? I, I don't know. Dick He's, Buckus is still with us. Still with us. Okay. Is actually, is actually next week, December 9th. Well, yeah. Dickie Buckus, shout out to you, legend. Glad you're still it, with us. But even in like in this version of Dick Buckus, as we see on MacGyver, if he talks shit to me then, I would be horrified because the guy might be whatever age he is. He's still built like a brick shit house, Steve. He might have a little extra padding on, but I mean, this guy is gonna fucking lay somebody out and fucking what's his face, the bookie guy, the balls on this guy, Stanley. But it's it's, it's cool to talk gangster shit when you got Officer Hightower standing yeah. next to you. Can I say, you know who Officer Hightower looks like, and maybe you might not even remember this. But in the first Batman movie with Michael Keaton, he fights a black dude that's on Joker's side, like in the Belfry before he gets to Joker. I don't know if you remember that at the end, but I'm almost. I is it not the same guy? Well, I'd, I'd have to go. With you have to go. That. I mean, I was watching this and that's who I thought this guy was the whole time. I forgot about Officer Hightower. I forgot about Police Academy, to be completely honest with you. It's it's not something I'm that into, but. Uh, I guess you're right. I mean, the guy, he, Officer Hightower, he is a bad motherfucker, but I don't know. Dick Buckus looking like a Ren and Stimpy character with that fucking high top, whatever you want to call that shit. I'd be afraid. I wouldn't be hey, talking man. that shit, but he is. And when people say the strength is in the hair, they're not leaving out mustache. People are forgetting <laughs> the mustache. And it's Burt all. Reynolds, Steve, can I just say, look at Burt Reynolds and tell, I mean, God rest his soul. Is he dead? Oh, yeah, I don't he know. died in 2018. Fuck. Yeah, well, the no. mustache, it tells you it tells you everything you need to know, Steve. Fucking legendary, man. I heard Burt Reynolds' mustache had sex with seven women on one Thursday night. Do you know, like, he never cleaned it. So he had, like, uh, five decades of PJ just all dripping off that. It was just, like, his odor, you know? That's what he went with all day, every day, so. About three generations. And, uh... Now, uh, MacGyver, <laughs> MacGyver comes down and he says that Ronnie is nowhere to be found. She's not upstairs, like you say you told her. Uh, and before Earl flips out, Mac Man tells him, man, it's cool. I got it. And he's like, man, no. Earl's like, fuck this shit. I'm going to hop in your Jeep again. Uh, you hop on your bike and follow me. And so he's like, all right, man, I'm going to throw on my leather coat first because you know, I'm getting on my bike. Hey. Yeah, uh, I mean, now, he definitely looks like Bon Jovi. Like in this scene, when he comes up on that park bench and sees Ronnie, I heard, yeah. on a steel outside. Just fucking straight Joni action all day, Steve. 
and you know what I mean? We we cut back to Ronnie, and, and, and she's sitting on the bench again. Uh, this bitch really loves sitting on benches. And uh, you know the thing about Ronnie, she kind of looks like Kyle Mooney. And I, I like Kyle Mooney. He's a funny guy, but I mean, I, I just couldn't help but think this. And, Is uh, that Kyle Mooney, Steve? Did you just uncover a lost gem here? I mean, why is she not like, here's what I'm concerned with. What she's with some sort of adoption uh thing or like uh what what do you call that? The house is a children's uh, department of welfare. Something, but she's not being taken care of, but she's being taken care of by the state. Are they just giving them like doll clothing to wear like throughout their lives? I mean, give this chick some fucking clothing. She looks yeah. like a fucking discarded doll on an LA park bench, but MacGyver comes and not only is he good with uh, a bomb, a gun, um, you know, some sort of Turkish military co-op thing that he he's gets good going. Counsel. Yeah, he's a good psychiatrist. He's a good family counselor, and he kind of is like, you know what, kid? Just this. Your dad's a good guy. You got to give him a shot. He's gotta, doing all of this to protect you. Yeah, I mean, you don't realize what this man's going through, and I don't either, because this motherfucker's. I don't, He's in my car in L.A. Oh, he might be getting some fucking hookers. I don't know what's going on. He's got my credit card. <laughs> so, but thankfully, he doesn't He doesn't get a hooker. He shows up a little later than uh, MacGyver. And uh, Dickie Buckus, not only is he pissed at Ronnie for just, you know, putting him through this. Ronnie's like, you probably don't even have a fight. You're a fucking liar, dad. And he's like, you know, oh, no you kid's going to call me a liar, you little bitch. Yeah, get you and your overalls in here. Uh, so he says, we're going. We Well, actually, I don't even think he says we're going someplace. So he, yeah. like, goes off in a tizzy in MacGyver's Jeep still. I mean, it's, again, he's just out there on that. He's probably getting gas on MacGyver's dime, too. Oh, yeah. he, he takes her to a gym and shows her a flyer because this guy is such an adult that he has to be like, I'm not a liar, you little fucking kid. Stop calling me that. I'm not a liar, you yeah. fucking bitch. He, he's on his Al Bundy, Uncle Ronnie type shit. And he's, I mean, he, he's on a flyer, Steve. So God forbid, that's 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 the bona fide you need. If it's on a flyer, it's got to be real. It happened, and uh, they called him the Rocket Man. He had a short fuse with lots of power. <laughs> and then he goes into it because uh, Ronnie's like, oh, let me go into the gym because I think he says that he used to train there or something. Um, but I don't remember how they get it, but they go into the gym. But, but before they go into the gym, uh, Ronnie spots uh, Her German the Hermit. And <laughs> German the Hermit is played by Donald Gibb. That's his name. Uh, but in this episode, he's professional wrestler Herman the German, and he's only the greatest wrestler in the world. And I swear he does not look like Terry Balea. Yeah, he does not. That looks like, like the guy from Bloodsport. <clears throat> Isn't that wild? I like saw all the movies he was in. I was like, he is in fucking Bloodsport. This guy was living the life. And I mean, he was actually working up in like the early 2000s too. But Ogre, he's up in here. And he, I think he does he yeah. sign a card or what? He signed Autograph, maybe. Uh, it, but Ronnie is just uh, being a stand. He was like, nah, we got to go inside. That's where he went. Let's go. Let's go where he went. So they go inside. And uh, when they make their entrance, uh, Eddie Jackson's manager wants them to make an exit. Uh, and mainly Earl. They get the you, shit talking. Crazy Eddie Jackson. 
in Earl the Rocket Man Dent. And he starts making fun of his daughter too. Eddie Jackson has, he does not give any fucks. And he's like, take your homely ass daughter out of here, you bitch ass. You know, he's shit talking the dad and the daughter. And Dick yeah. Buckus can't have that, Steve. He can't have it. No, man. <laughs> so they almost get into it. And like the fucking boxing manager is like, no, not a free fight. <laughs> like, yeah, dude. He almost busts. They almost get in a fight. And Eddie Jackson's like, I don't give no shits about $4,000, motherfucker. I'm going to kick your ass right now. And I got to say, I mean, Eddie Jackson, I I respect he crazy. the team. He's crazy. He wants but... want that action right now. He don't care about no 4000 <laughs> And I think MacGyver calculates that because that's what he does. He's a calculator, amongst other things. And he's like, wait, but Earl was talking about 25000 This guy's talking about 4000 Something don't add up. So the census is already already sparked, man. Red and, flags. Uh, yeah, MacGyver tries to step in, and he catches a right <clears throat> jab from Crazy Eddie Jackson, lands him on his arse. I mean, he straight he takes a fucking straight right to the nose. I mean, this Eddie Jackson could have he did what basically no one on the history of the MacGyver TV show ever did, which is he. I mean, MacGyver was down, Steve. He was out. Yeah, for real. Now, it, it was unexpected. It was a sucker punch. It's not like, you know, he went into it and, and had a fair one, but still. And he's got that heat, dude. He'll, he'll knock your ass out. So he's who crazy. knows? But he this makes MacGyver sort of question what's going on, even more so that I would hope that he was already doing that with all the free dwellings and announcements. This is too much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I helped you. You stole my car. I, I put that off. You're fucking squatting in my place with your dirty ass fucking kid sister daughter. And now I took a fucking shot from Eddie, crazy Eddie Jackson. Like, I'm not having this, dude. No, dude. What, what do we? What, what was the friendship that started this? Because, I mean, it's over with, bro. It's over. Yeah, we got to let's get the fuck out of here. This is too much. And, but as they're leaving, uh, Ronnie the Klepto steals a pair of boxing gloves for whatever mm -hmm. fucking because they're there. She's hot hands, Ronnie. Yeah, and I mean, she's and uh, Dent's not happy about that. And he starts just fucking punching his fucking feelings away on this fucking robot, which I don't get the robot that MacGyver designs. How is that to train you to be a pro fighter? I don't know. I'm, that's a sidetrack, Sally, but Steve, yeah. I'm questioning the validity of the machine. You know, I don't think it's going to get him ready. Well, well, that same evening, MacGyver and Earl are, are sitting at the couch talking, and MacGyver just calls his mom, he calls his bullshit. And he's like, look, dude, I'm not stupid. I'm fucking MacGyver. Uh, I see what you're trying to do. You're actually going to throw the fight. Uh, those uh, ogre looking motherfuckers who just came to my crib, uh, like something don't add up, man. They had on nice suits, nice watches, and they had evil eyes. <laughs> and he said, you know what, dude? If you're going to throw this fight, maybe you shouldn't even be a dad. Maybe you should fucking slow down, slugger, and let this girl go back to the adoption agency because you're a piece you ain't of shit. Yeah, dude, you ain't got no morals, man. What, what are you standing on? Hey, he, you ain't got no like, money. Like, but he's like, look, dude, I'm gonna get this. I'm only doing this to get her back. And once I get her back, man, I'm out. I want out the game. That's this is the sole purpose. I just want to get my daughter and get right. 
He wants to walk that path of righteousness. And so this newfound like righteousness uh, also leads him to go back to uh, the Riggins, I believe is his name's office and call off the, the fix. The fix Riggins is all. Bailey. Yeah. Fuck this. I'm, you fuck your bullshit. I mean, it's a real rinky dink bookie. I can't say I'd be too frightened of him or Hightower because they're just like renting space in a warehouse. I don't know. Really a machine say. shop. Yeah. Uh, what the fuck is a machine shop? I never even. Is this like a thing that ended in the 90s? That sounds so antiquated. Yeah. Uh, is that is that where they used to have the button factory? Fucking. Uh, so Stanley, he tells Earl that, dude, you can't go back. You're at a point of no return. You're too deep in the game. Uh, you're going to take that dive in the eighth round or else. Yeah, no. Or else what? <laughs> Dude, don't they pull a strap on him, though? Don't, don't they pull some heat on him here? Or is that Not later? Just yet. Not, Not just, just yet. <laughs> they, they just leave it in a very awkward <laughs> silence. And they're like, you know what? You're going to regret this. Bam, bam, bam. Yeah. yeah, because when Earl leaves, uh, Riggins just says, uh, if you want to control a man, control what he cares about the most. He then tells Bailey that he wants Earl's daughter. Give me his daughter. Give me that homely bitch. You'll know who creepy, it is. Stanley. <laughs> I, I, see, I see why Dorothy fucking divorced you. You think I, you, I, do you know what my ex-wife put me through? I'm willing to do anything. So Stanley slash Riggins or whatever is fucking gonna, he's trying, he wants to get the daughter. But before that happens, Steve, you know, Dick Buckus, he's feeling righteous. He's feeling cleansed. He's feeling like he's ready to train. So this is where we get that nice little montage where he goes from, uh, you know, suckling pig to fucking stud. Well, okay, she has to come up. She has to come clean about stealing the gloves. She, I thought she, she already tells, did that, didn't she? No, she does. She does it now, like as he's getting prepared, and then that's when he kicks into it. But like right after he gets into it that's when the, uh, stanley and officer hightower show up and basically snatch his daughter um and they kind of oh have like yeah a, they have an exchange like look man i'm taking your daughter as collateral uh just in case you're not going to do what you say you were going to do um and so they're going along like they leave with the daughter like thinking he's still going to go with the plan and he's probably still at this point thinking he's going to go with the plan uh whatever it takes to get his daughter and he wants that bag, that twenty-five racks. So, and he's not, uh, but he's not like panicking. I feel like if somebody kidnapped my daughter and was like holding her for ransom, that I'd be a little more like upset about it. But MacGyver's like, "Where's Ronnie?" And he's like, "Ah, the guy's got him. It's you know, it's whatever. Let's get, let's go." Man, you know, I, I'm sorry, Matt and people. Maybe I reversed the. I think you did, dude. I think you did. <laughs> because I, I definitely want to talk about this motherfucking MacGyver montage. Um, yes. yes, man. And at this point, like, this is the best part. It's a motherfucking MacGyver montage. He's working the Inspector Gadget punching machines, the bootleg punching bags. <laughs> He's running along the beach with his daughter past hot blondes, uh, walking push-ups. Oh, man. Yeah. Dude, and also, Steve, how stiff is Butkus looking, though? Because this is the most fucking, like, sad montage. Because he's just like, ugh, fucking retired NFL body. Man, he hadn't ran since chasing down Johnny Unitas. <laughs> but, I mean, he goes from butt fucking dud to studs, Steve. So he comes out of that montage. It's a minute of just, just you know, vintage. You're the best. 
around and he's just fucking hitting that weird machine i don't understand again how that trains you to do anything but uh his daughter gets kidnapped he becomes good at boxing again he's not as concerned with his daughter being kidnapped as i would be again like he seems not you know he's like you know they're gonna they're taking care of her whatever like let's do this but then it's time for the boxing match and like here's the thing like macgyver's like half in half out on this at this point but he's like i think they're both expecting ronnie to be at this boxing match but she's nowhere to be found steve yeah that's concerning at this point, Ronnie also knows about her dad's intentions because uh, when Riggins and Bailey came to take her, she basically saw all of this go down, this whole exchange. She knows um, her dad's a good guy, Steve. She knows. She's she's all about it. I mean, honestly, at this point, the relationship's mended. But Dick Buckus has to get out of this fucking thing with her alive and with his own reputation alive. So um, he's fully ready to throw the fight again. Um, MacGyver, the whole, he's like in the corner. MacGyver actually, we didn't even mention this, but he actually MacGyver's some like corner man tools as well. He makes like this weird bag of uh, ice wa- pack, ice pack water, which is, yeah. I mean, he this MacGyver's a lot of shit. Shaq showed up in Icy Hot commercials. <laughs> yeah. This is yeah. like, he's so ahead of his time. He so did. He invented Icy Hot. I didn't even think of that shit. So Dick Buckus, I mean, this is a great, like, this the the cinematography of this whole boxing shit is very like raging bull-esque i gotta say like whoever shot this Dude, killed this steve matt this is crazy eddie jackson and earl <laughs> the rocket man did in the marina del rey match of the minute with a mm. young jim lampert doing the commentary from hbo fame i mean they got him before yeah. he became famous i guess he's out there in fucking venice just doing the damn thing so they're boxing and it's going bad. You know, this he's not doing, I feel like you got to sell it a little bit when you're throwing a fight. And Dick Buckus is just eating shots. Yeah. He's eating shots and he's doing a lot of hugging. And that's really where we're at. MacGyver's like, where's Ronnie at? And while Dick Buckus is taking an ass whooping, MacGyver's like clocking the situation a little bit. And Ronnie's nowhere to be found. So we cut over to a, someplace else. We don't know where this but, is. But but get this though, Matt. Like when MacGyver asked him about Ronnie, this motherfucker tells him to stay out of it. I'm like, hold on, sir. Um, you did kind of just Goldilocks into my fucking crib and just <laughs> ate all my porridge and uh, enlisted. You signed me up to be a part of all of this shit. You had these goon ass motherfuckers come into my garage. You made, you made me make a dojo out of my garage and these two motherfuckers, uh, Stanley and Officer Hightower come in this bitch with gats and they took your daughter. I think I'm a part of this shit. Yeah, I mean, I know what's going. You want me to walk away? I've saved villages from people like warlords. I can't walk away from this situation. Buckus. I'm giving you shelter, motherfucker. <laughs> Where else you gonna go? That loaf of bread you and your daughter bought at the store the other day, I bought that. I saw the fucking receipt. Them wrestling cards? <laughs> uh, she met German, Herman the German, because y'all drove here in my whip. You filled up my gas you. tank with my credit card, motherfucker. This is some fucking Bush League shit. <laughs> now you telling me to stay out of it? We uh, made it. We were at the boxing match. And also, dude, aren't you concerned? Like, where's your daughter at? She could be dead right now. These guys did have a gun. Like, they stole your daughter. Maybe just oh. focus. 
They're at the machine shop where Riggins runs his numbers. And uh, Magman tells Earl to hold his mustache intact and that he has nothing to worry about. He might not even have to throw the match. Uh, now we cut to MacGyver climbing the top of the machine shop and we also see Ronnie uh, put into a fucking cage like PetSmart style. Um, like the fuck, she's a 14 year old girl, not Mick Foley, Goddamn. Uh, and, and Ronnie sees MacGyver and motions him to where the baddies are. And being the ninja that he is, he stealthily eases along the walkway. And ba Bailey goes to the window to check on Ronnie, who asks him to turn up the radio. And unbeknownst to Bailey, he's helping the Mac Man set up the distraction he needs. I mean, and very Ronnie accommodating gets... kidnappers, though. She's like, yeah. turn the radio up. And they're like, all right. <laughs> like, I'd be like, shut smart. up, bitch. Like, I'm a fucking, I'm the boss. Okay, I'm Mur I'm fucking Young Murtaugh or whatever, <laughs> fucking Hightower, whatever it's fucking name. Stanley, you're in the wrong line of business. You, you and Hightower, you, you need to put the badge back on, and you need to go back to Miami and uh, find your ex. <laughs> yeah, get back with Dorothy, motherfucker, because you suck at this. But anyway, they turn the radio up, and they're glued. This is how old this show is, Steve. They're glued to a radio listening to the fight, not a TV not you know even a better radio this was like a fucking golden girls style radio from the 50s and they're like oh god our money so they're sitting there paying attention macgyver he's doing all this acrobatics he comes into the warehouse these guys couldn't be they they are aloof they're not paying attention at all they're listening to this boxing match so macgyver not only does he sneak in he turns a fucking forklift on and they don't even notice that some guy's like did you hear anything he turned a fucking forklift on steve oh it was a forklift oh whatever i don't know whatever the name of the equipment some kind of piece of heavy equipment he turns it on uh lowers the girl uh ronnie out of the cage and then uses this fucking forklift to basically trap these guys in a cave-in in this building yeah. like he, he i think he might have killed them if I'm he, not mistaken. He blocked them inside. Like, they can't go anywhere. <laughs> like, but these guys, I mean, again, Stanley, Hightower, just go back to whatever your day jobs were before this because you need to stop. It's over. And we, we cut back to Earl, who got knocked out. And while he's on the ground, Ronnie comes to ringside, telling him to get up and be the rocket man. Of <laughs> Dick butt kiss, kick in the butt. And he does get up, Steve. He gets up on that eight count real quick and he's like, don't you fucking stop this fight. And then he just straight murderizes crazy Eddie Jackson. And he, he even does like some crazy. weird sidestep, like rocket punch. I don't even know how to describe it, but it's yeah, pretty you impressive. That from <laughs> no, he learned he that from that fucking boxing robot, Steve. Fucking the, the boxer 5000 or whatever macgyver fucking, fucking inspector gadget rock'em sock'em uh, and he knocks crazy eddie to the canvas but eddie's saved by the bell word to mark paul gosler luxor and actually wins the match um by was it unanimous decision yep it wasn't a split decision at all steve and i mean again we've gone to near the end of this fucking thing and the only thing macgyver's invented is a useless boxing machine we're not getting any rockets. We're not getting any fucking gizmos and gadgets. We're just getting him rekindling the love of a father and his estranged daughter. So, but they they did go up against Child Protective Services, which is like a monster. I'm hearing. <laughs> I and know. They I won. know. But they did. He he, he got his daughter back because these babies need their daddies. 
That $4,000 is going to, hopefully they got a little more than that because he going to be staying on MacGyver's couch for a while if that's all he's got, Steve. And he says he's done with boxing. And when one door closes, another one shall open. Because at the end of the episode, Herman the German comes in and he loved the match so much. He liked the man's char- charisma and all of that. The, the drip, the sauce, the juice. You he worked like, hey, that man, crowd, man. You worked that crowd. You could be great for professional wrestling. And I even got 30000 advance payment. I mean, who just, this motherfucker is just out on the hunt for the, I guess, maybe, is this what Vince McMahon was doing? Just walking around with uh, some fucking uh, couple of racks in his pocket? Like, you know what, Hulkster? I like the cut of your jib. Yeah. Come on over. I can buy you, Hulkus, bitch, I'm rich. <laughs> but Eddie the German comes in, so now, Buckus... You can get an apartment. You can get whatever. You can rent a house, I guess, and uh, forget all this boxing nonsense. And maybe MacGyver can get his garage back in his life. You know? No. He'll, no. You know, once again, MacGyver putting others' needs before his very own, man. You know, if he doesn't get into heaven, we ain't got a shot. And fun fact about MacGyver, I did not know it was uh, produced by Henry Winkler's productions, The Fonz. I noticed the name on the produced by, I was like, Winkler again, just fucking crushing it. Not really with this episode, but I mean, he got Buckus in there. He got Hightower in there. He called in a couple of favors every once in a while. I love that. I mean, MacGyver lasted seven seasons, man, and he wanted to avoid typecasting. He found it difficult after Happy Days. You know, I'm sure Urkel and other people, maybe Carlton, faced the same stuff. You know, you're so famous for this one thing. And he was like, fuck it. I'll take the uh, behind the scenes approach and be a producer. And uh, he was actually a part of the development for MacGyver. He was directly involved. This yeah. came out of Henry Winkler's womb, Steve. He gave birth hey. to this. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know who probably didn't watch this episode of MacGyver in 1991, Matt? Mm, who, Steve? Probably former Pittsburgh Pirates outfielder Bobby Bonilla, becoming the highest paid player in MLB when he agrees to a record $29 million five-year deal with the Mets. I mean, is this part of the same thing where he gets paid like a million dollars every year, Steve? Is that it? Uh, it's even... I think I so. I don't think it, it, it is it. I think so. I mean, I think it, what he did was sign this deal and he made it was like backloaded. So like he got all that money, but he's like, you're going to give me X amount every year until this is over, like however long it lasts. Maybe. But shout out to Bobby yeah. Bonilla, who was a Pittsburgh Pirate when I watched the Pirates and when they had like Barry Bonds, really when they were actually good. Um, and shout out to him for being fucking because he is getting one of those deals where he makes of money in perpetuity like 
off of some insane deal that he signed. So shout out to him for being a fucking athlete that actually had some financial sense. He uh, he gets one point nineteen million uh, every year until twenty thirty five. Can you imagine that? No, just having that kind of just security being like, okay, like whoever set that up. I, You're the goat. I wish I, yeah, exactly. Whoever that guy was, I don't know if it was an agent and uh, an accountant, whoever did it. I mean, that was, that's amazing. Cause this guy's, yeah. he just collected a million dollars at some point this year. That's crazy. Decades past his playing days, not Why? years, decades O'Neal was that shit though, dude. But he had a big ass dome too. I will say that he's one. He had a big ass head. Shit, he's got a big ass bank too. Go with that big ass head. <laughs> uh, now, in December second, nineteen ninety three, Wings is hearing the episode "Come Fly with Me." Joe, Brian, Helen, and Lowell go to a singles party in Boston. Back at the airport, Roy, Faye, and Antonio team up to try to win a radio call-in contest. Oh, somebody kill me, please! Yeah. The, okay. Again, we kind of covered this already. Um, huge, just snooze fest. I don't know where this came from, like how this lasted so long, but if this episode is any indication, I just, I'm good. You know, Steve, I'm good. We can cross this one off the list. You know, we, we did it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like we, we showed up to class for this one. We, you know, we put our name on the paper because it, it, I feel like it was a must, like it, eight seasons and it was on NBC, a popular network. Uh, you know, we know that Wings was a thing and uh, we're going to run into weeks like this where it's like, oh, this isn't available. Oh, what we got? Maybe oh, maybe we could this. run into a different week and it would be a different situation. But like to me, uh, this has a lot of people that are recognizable. Thomas Hayden Church, who you see in your the photo behind you, uh, yeah. uh, Weber, Stephen Weber behind you. His brother in the show, that guy was in a lot of shit. Tim Daly. And, and fucking the ha- Helen, the hottie. Helen looking is the one shining spot of this episode, but she's only in it for like a split second. Um, it's not the only shining. Uh, I mean, this episode I'm, did Shalou, feature hoes, 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 hoes. But she's the main, I mean, She's the main host, Steve. She's the she's the name on the the whole list. So she's looking good. I remember this show. I think my mom and dad watched it. But you know, Roy being a fat per- pervert, Faye being a saucy Golden Girls like cast off, Lowell being retarded, and uh, you know that's really what this show was. And I've had enough. You know, who's the guy? Uh, is that Steven Weaver with the? Uh... Manu Ginobili circa 2003 hairdo. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like he, he looks like he models for Stetson Cologne or one of those like old, uh, like, like an old spice. No, I feel like, first of all, the only thing. thing I remember that he got, he had like a couple other shows that he was on that he did guest spots on. They made like a Steven, a remake of The Shining as a t- made for TV movie. And he was okay. the guy that played the Jack Nicholson part, but he was just like another one of those guys you said like an accessory character in shows. You know, those he's just like there. To fill. Exactly. Yeah. But you know, Into Tony Shalhoub is in the show, and I do like me some Monk. I like me some Tony Shalhoub. He's funny, and he sort of I think plays. He's played this character in Frasier, where he's just like a uh, immigrant dude or like a, a foreign guy with an accent. 
was just kind of confused. I, yeah, European guy, I think, and uh, he's the, like the taxi driver uh, of this airline. He's the one that picks people up, drops them off, whatever. And um, to give a backstory, the, the main guys, Brian and Joe, they're brothers and they're pilots, and they run this, this airline called Sandpiper Air. And uh, it's set in Nantucket, Massachusetts. And there ain't shit going on in that town, Steve. I mean, there ain't shit going on to the point where the only plan of to do anything is to leave the town. So, fuck Nantucket. Yeah, it seems like that. You got to go to Toledo and do something. But here, even like we see the airline and I guess Saturdays, just not a lot popping off because there ain't nobody there. So, Faye, Roy... And uh, Antonio Scarpetti, who is Monk, um, yeah. they, they're they doing like, uh, they're just listening to the radio and trying to call in to like call in contests to win some money. Um, and it seems like that's happening a lot in this town because for like a full day, they have multiple contests where you can call in and win thousands of dollars. So... Hey, you got to give the people of Nantucket something to look forward to in life. I guess, yeah, whatever keeps the bullet out of the gun, you know, that's fine. Yeah. So they're they're kind of focused on that. But all these other people behind you, they're like, what are we going to do? Their, their plans keep falling through. Helen was going to see a guy. He ain't showing up. Uh, Steven Weber was going to see this chick. She's kind of. I, f- I forget what happens, but they st- they don't do anything like that plan falls through. So everybody's like, they, what are yeah. we going to do, guys? What are we going to do? Well, yeah, uh, Stephen Weber, Weber, uh, his character, Brian, he got into an argument with his girlfriend, Alex. That's um, yeah, because Helen is supposed to be meeting up with this guy. He's charming. He's romantic. He's rich. He's successful and all of that. Mm. But she stood. He stood her up. Uh, he had a business meeting and he's like, oh, shit, I got to get to this money. This is going to be here. And, uh, you know, Lowell. Uh, and here's the thing about Lowell and really Thomas Hayden Church. He reminded me of Doherty. Uh, when I first met Doherty, I was like, <laughs> man, who is it? What is it? And boys and girls, me and Matt talk about our mutual friends a lot on this show. And let's just say Ryan Doherty is a man of epic proportions. He's oh, somewhat of a... Uh, uh, who, who's the guy that they drink to in SNL? Um, Bill Brasky. He, he's one of those Bill Brasky dudes who, what was he, crab fishing in Alaska? He's now a fucking uh, Captain Ron uh, type dude in, in Putin Bay, Ohio. Yep. Uh, he's a jack of all trades when he's not jacking off. And, you know, he's the type <laughs> of person where he could fuck your girlfriend and you would thank him for it. And, and, He'll make you laugh about it too. You know, you'll laugh about it afterwards. He's a living legend. I mean, he's He's a living fucking legend. He's the Jimmy Buffett of Lake Erie. I feel like, you know, that's what he is. I'm sure he still has a collection of Hawaiian shirts while we're talking about it. Uh, But yeah, Lowell, he had plans to meet up with his buddy Tucker and they were going to do a rat shoot. And, you know, out of all of these people, Joe is the only one who doesn't have plans because, you know, Lowell could invite him to the rat shoot, but they always say that two's company and three's a crossfire. <laughs> and Joe's like, come on, guys, we got it. We used to be fun. Remember when we went to that political rally and went to the like, that's all the only thing he has. And clearly Nantucket, it's all just dried up. So he's like, you know what, guys, we have a plane. So let's be ballers and just fly to Boston and just live that baller lifestyle for the night. 
And which I gotta say, that sounds pretty appealing, other than letting one of my friends fly a plane someplace with me in it. I don't like that. Yeah, and and Alex and uh, and Joe, or Alex was it Alex and Brian? Yeah, they were gonna go to a, a Rainier Werner Fastbinder Festival. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some kind of weird German. It's not Scheiser porn festival. It's just German film, Steve. That would have been. But don't better. get too excited about it. Yeah. I'd rather jack off with sandpaper at the Sandpiper airline <laughs> than go to the Rainier Werner Fistbender Festival. Well, he's not even, and he's not into it anyway. I mean, he looks like he's perturbed by it. He gets in his feels because Alex indicates that she's dated these handsome, sophisticated men, and he well, he can't let it go, Steve. He's like, who, who was it? Who was it? How big was his dick? Was it was it eight inches, nine? Like he can't let it go. And she's like, you know what? Fuck you, fuck you, you fucking, fuck this town. I'm gonna go take this you pussy. Fucking elsewhere. Axel, weren't you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Was exactly. it Eddie Vedder? I remember that time. Tommy you Lee, wasn't it? I knew your yeah. fucking asshole was too fuck. gaped open. That fuck. I'll never get you back now. <laughs> <sighs> but so everybody, Joe's, they they agree yeah. to go to Boston. They, Let's get know, Cliff Norm wasted. Just fucking Helen's going to be double teaming fucking or doing whatever. Whatever this is, she's going to be doing it. I don't know. You know, three tears in Nantucket. <laughs> fuck it. Let's get the fuck out of here. And now on the way out, Lowell comes back and he mentions how he noticed Joe looking sad. So we put a rain check on the rat shoot so he can hang with his bro, Joe. Uh, so now it's Joe, Brian, Helen and Lowell in the mix. Uh, and this was also to prevent Lowell from offing himself um because they really didn't want him to tag along yeah i mean you know but you you got that special friend every once in a while it's like all right yeah all right it, put the back put the bike helmet on lol let's go and now antonio faye and roy are listening to the radio for the eight thousand dollar question and alex returns to the airport looking for brian to amend things from earlier but they tell him he's already left for boston so frisch's big boy sees this as a green light to invite alex back to the his place uh, he'll even fire up the hot tub <laughs> i mean dude well how many has it ever worked roy has it ever worked yeah. Shit, I'm not going to watch enough episodes to find out. <laughs> yeah. And I know it hasn't because everyone's like, hey, because Roy always has these other comments like I could be getting laid right now and shit like that. Like I've had beautiful like, no, women couldn't. and shit. It's like, Roy, shut the fuck up, dude. By beautiful women, you mean five hungry jacks sitting in front of your fucking two <laughs> yeah. television. Do you know what it feels like to jack off with a buttery jack? Roy's the type of guy that goes to a strip club and is like, I got a number from one of these strippers and she said she loves me. <laughs> That's business, motherfucker. Because she knows your fucking trick ass will come out of your whole paycheck. <laughs> fucking and Roy just looks like a pervert, too. Like, he ain't doing himself any favors. It's like, dude, do something. Like, it, maybe it, work out or shave the mustache. Do something else. Yeah, his appearance is off-putting. I'm just going to say that, too. He, he looks like a throwback fat dude. He looks he like looks Paul like Bear a, without the fucking white paint on his face. <laughs> like, he looks like Ralph Cramden, but without the black and white tint. Like, like he looks like that in Technicolor. Undertaker's looks like fucking back here. <laughs> Jackie Gleason, Paul Bear, her motherfucker. <laughs> One of these days, Alex. And I mean, not only are these like Faye, Roy, and Antonio just trying to win. They're starting to turn on each other, too, because Faye's really like the, the person who's going to win the She's contest. She's the whiz. 
Yeah. She used to fuck one of the fucking Wagnalls motherfuckers. And she's there. But I mean, uh, Roy's got the access to these speed dialers. So he's yeah. everybody's like sort of turning on each other um, for yeah. what I, th I think was $8,000. But again, there's multiple contests for multiple thousands of dollars in Nantucket, Steve. I don't know where the radio station's getting all this money to give away, but there's plenty to be had, apparently. But but Roy, as we can all see, is greedy. And he, when Antonio steps away, Roy's like, hey, we can just cut him out. What do we need him for? Now, Antonio, he overhears this, and he steps in like, dude, what the fuck? I'm like, what's going on? And he checks him about it. Now, Roy steps away, and Antonio's like, so we gonna cut him out, right? Yeah. But Everybody's I mean, fuck Roy, other. dude. I'd be like, man, fuck this fucking fat fuck. You know. Roy asked for it. So anyway, then we go back and Brian, Joe, Helen, and Lola, they're in Boston now, Steve, but it seems like they're kind of having a bad time. They're, they're getting kicked out of places. They're not allowed into places and they're just sort of the gross crew, you know? Yeah, they're they're the friends of friends and they're, they're iffy about going to this house party. But uh, Joe, he told them like, hey, the bartender told me about this. They always know where shit's at. And he's like, hey, Joe, he tells his brother that, for all we know, on the other side of that door, there could be a hot chick that won't take everything you say out of context. And Helen, <laughs> there might be a guy in there that actually shows up for dates. And Lowell, uh, there might be a huge rat in there for you to kill. <laughs> and and they, on top of they're not they're not into it though, Steve. Even with all that sales pitch, everyone's like, I don't know. But then a couple of hotties walk by. Yeah, and they're like, a guy oh, comes in with two chicks and it's like, I already like this ratio. Let's follow this. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. I mean, so they go in and this party's popping, Steve. I mean, this is a straight, the LA's finest is out. There's some thoroughbreds yeah. out there. There's some fucking, you know, rich dudes out there. It seems like this is a good ass party to be at. There's a lot of uh, flannel and leather in that motherfucker. And Brian, mm -hmm. he he quarterbacks the plan because I guess he's the most handsome one in the cast. And he, in no time, Lowell has three business cards and an appointment with a podiatrist. Uh, I wonder what those business cards say, Lowell. Now, Joe, he tries to set Helen up with a guy that just walked into the bar named Ted. And this awkwardly leads to Joe, like, sounding like he's hitting on Ted. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, awkward, right? But it did spark a conversation with Helen and Ted. And, you know, now she's occupied. Now, Brian, uh, he's trying to be faithful to Alex. Uh, and right after he says he's not going to cheat, he bumps into a little piece of blonde candy. And now Brian's <laughs> occupied. And uh, now and, and now we got Lowell. He's entertaining himself on the piano. And that's something I could see Doherty doing, even though he doesn't even know how to play piano. And... Uh, until a hot brunette starts conversing and he's like she's like i, I love piano music and he's like huh, don't we all huh? and she's like she asked him if he could play anything and he just busts into the entertainment tonight theme song killing it by the way i mean that i gotta say if somebody starts busting that out i'm at least gonna be like interested i'll be like damn and she's not but she ain't impressed the hottie she's like don't you know anything classical He's like classical. So, yeah. Got it. Back to that e entertainment tonight, John Tesh riff. He just back Remix. to it. <laughs> yeah, but he but he added a couple finger rolls with it. And yeah, he just puts a little sauce on the end. But I mean, Lowell, everybody seems to be kind of quietly killing it. Because even Joe's like hitting it off with this chick in red, looking like a little devil bitch in this party. And uh, Ryan's starting straight. to have a little. He's having some second thoughts because he he does like Alex, 
But he's got this hot piece of ace that's looking good to go, Steve. And he goes over to Joe and he's like, look, man, I just don't feel good about this. You know, I just don't know if I can go through with it. And Joe's like, what the? Stop fucking the vibe up, dude. What's going on? This here? is a bad kind of problem we're having, right, bro? <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Some chick wants to bang you. And he's like, just, you know, do whatever. So he sends him back over. Meanwhile, Helen's having a conversation with this British guy that she got hooked up with, and it's going good. You know, it's seeing she's hitting it off. But he's like, "Oh, tally ho, you, you're beautiful." Hugo Grant. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's a lot of the same type of British people on '90s TV. They had what, a. What do you call them? Foppish. Yeah, exactly. He's like, "Oh, you're oh, so gorgeous." Oh, 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 oh. Man, what what is it with like the, some of the older uh, British dudes with? Uh, uh, they sound like the bad guy from Mighty Mouse, or is they're it just always mouse? like in a huff. They're always in a tizzy. That's the sound of being in a tizzy, Steve. <laughs> 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 but, but, but theirs are more guttural, like. Yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah. So it's all going good. It seems to be going almost too good, though. Too Steve. good. Too good to be true. Something's a little off. And then Joe starts, he's, he's hitting it off. And he's, you know, like, I forget the interaction, but it, it gets it's to the point. It's simple. The game is simple. He gave her some 101 easy elementary game. He just walks up to her. He's like, you know, this might sound corny and all, but you're really gorgeous. And she's like, well, it, yeah, it works. Huh? <laughs> Start playing. <laughs> You're like, my oh. girl now, aren't you? Yeah, I am your girl for three hundred dollars an hour. <laughs> what? Yeah. What? But no, like when Brian, when he's talking to the blind, that's all over him. He's like, well, you know what? Um, if we go back to your place. I'm gonna feel bad because I know what's gonna happen, and my girlfriend won't be here. And she's like, um, she could come here too. Yeah. Oh, dude, I'd be like, give me a fucking phone right now. Shut up. She's a two way, three, a two way. He's like, wait, uh, what, bitch? She Are we about to get freaky deaky? Let me get in the plane real quick and do this. We'll get this party started. And she's like, look, for 300 bucks, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Oh, there. So there it is. There. Oh. <clears throat> Okay. That's a high-class Bostonian pussy, though, Steve. That high-class hooker, that $300 hooker. That's the highest of highs, Steve, apparently. You got to pay to play. Now I get it. Oh, Why aren't these but... women like Bostonian trash, though? Like, you fucking, it cost you $300 fucking dollars to fucking fuck this pussy, you fucking... Well, yeah, I mean, this must be an elegant party with, I mean, the, the place does look nice. And none of the women here, from what I notice, are ugly. Like, they could all be on Cinemax porn, at least, at the oh, at the bare minimum. This is a straight up, like, Prince yeah. party that they just, like, unfurled into this hotel room. Like, this is just the, the upper echelon of high society in Boston. This is like that orgy. This is a serious uh, Stanley Kubrick situation going on here, I think. It, and Sheila is her name. That's the blind. And she prefers being called a call girl. And it's oh, like, okay. man, uh, a call girl, a professional, a pro, a hooker, prostitute, a woman of the evening, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Shit. I kind of need my 300. <laughs> yeah. That Sandpiper Air ain't doing too good, bitch. So he, Brian is just, he's already flabbergasted. So he goes over to Joe and he's like, look, man, 
what the fuck you doing? What would you bring us to? And he, Joe's like, man, I'm trying to get my dick sucked. Hold on. He's like, look, dude, wh- when has it ever gone this well for us? Think about it. And Joe is like, well, you know, what's going on here? And he comes to find out these are all hookers. These are yeah. all hookers in this fucking room. Well, 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 Brian straight up tells him. And, but when we first find out, uh, there's a cut to Ted and, and Ellen on the couch uh, with Ted asking Helen if her parents know what she does for a living. And we know what we know now at this point. She doesn't. And, and she says, of course they do. And she took the business over from her mother. She actually taught her everything she knows. And Ted's uh, like, oh, really? Tell well, me more. You are hey. a fucking freak, my dear. My oh, God. Maybe dress up like a baby and slap me in the... What is he to ask if she can do? Dress up like who? Oh, well, he wanted her to dress up like little Bo Peep, hogtie him to the bedpost and spank him for being the bad boy that he is. And Helen looks dead into his face like, what the fuck? She's like, not again. I'm not falling for this trick again. And, And meanwhile, Joe is talking to Brian like, bro, not my Deidre. And Brian's like, dude, for $300, she's anyone's Deidre. And it's the illusions over. I mean, Lowell, he he's probably still he might be about to pay somebody, but I, even him, like he just everyone's just sort of like thrown off by the fact that they're in. I mean, basically a whorehouse, Steve. Like, like maybe this is what it is. But um, and, and Ted even ups the ante. He says, "I throw you a five hundred. I'll kick you five hundred. That's when I start listening, Steve. Half of oh, half she a was grand. Listening. <laughs> yeah, because like they get the fuck out of here, but she stops and like that 500 is really heavy on her conscience. <clears throat> yeah, so I mean, but nobody gets laid, nobody gets paid, and they get back on that long flight back to Nantucket. I mean, must be nice though, you know, just to be able to get on a plane and just, you know, maybe go to Boston, maybe fuck a prostitute. I feel like maybe Joe takes this knowledge and then takes everyone back and then he's like oh i think i forgot my wallet someplace in boston he goes back steve and you know what's even nicer is being on a subpar tv show for eight seasons on nbc (laughs) what a blessing yeah that would be nice i mean just phoning it in being like hey man roy's pulling all the weight literally like he's literally the fattest thing and the only thing that's funny on this show because he's a pervert so that's all we got guys and speaking of roy we're back to him and antonio in their finally getting through to the radio show. And now the question is worth 12,000. And they need Faye, who's actually out to her car, getting her knittings. And the radio DJ says, there's no time to wait. And he gets straight to the question, who is known as the father of impressionism? And Fatty Arbuckle gets on the horn, he takes the phone from him and he says, it's Rich Little. And I will say Rich Little does an impeccable Johnny Carson. It blows mine to shame. I'd go on tour if I could do Johnny Carson as good as Rich Little. Uh, But uh, Spanky from Little Rascals is incorrect in this one because it's Claude Monet. Mm. And Faye is pissed. Faye's about to, she's about to blast off. She's like, what the fuck, guys? It can't be that important, Faye. Now you come in, you, oh, so you heard my answer. You heard the DJ respond to my answer, but but you were out getting Afghans. Fuck them fucking Afghans. Yo, fucking crochets and shit, motherfucker. (laughs) I was about to get us all a bag. Uh, yeah, but you I got mean, your scarves though. Okay. Hopefully, the, she knits well and be, can sell twelve thousand dollars worth of those because she's out that money. You know, he mad at I don't yourself, know. Faye. 
If anything, you should have been here. <clears throat> and then everybody else comes back into this empty ass. Fuck, this airport's days away from closing down due to inactivity. But they come back and fucking, uh, what's his face? He's like looking for Alex. Alex shows up. Everybody's like flabbergasted talking about the whores and everything. And then they blow up fucking homies fucking deal with Alex. And Alex just is like, oh, you were hanging out with hookers all night? Go fuck yourself. Yeah, it's over. Not be, yeah, and they also shitted on Joe in the process. He's like, dude, I was just trying to get us out of fucking Nantucket on a Saturday night. Uh, this is the motherfucking thanks I get. Yeah, sorry I'm trying yeah. to get everybody's dick sucked. And Helen, all due respect, you're pussy like, all due respect. Because honestly, like, if I'm those guys, if I'm one of these guys, I'm trying to hit on Helen. Because, I mean, she looks good to go. For She's like a Nantucket 10. She, yeah, she's a childhood friend, though. And you know how it is with those situations, man. Um, but, you, plane, you know. Though. Fly the bitch to fucking China and leave her there. You know, you can make things happen, guys. If it goes bad, fire her from the fucking airline. Because it ain't going to last too much longer anyway. Yeah, because her, her date actually felt bad. So he canceled his business meeting, hired a jet and flew there to be with her. But she but he already took off and she missed him. Kind of like how Elaine missed John John. Yep. And this is exa- I mean, it's strange parallels, Steve. I noticed that myself and I maybe one begat the other. But Helen's going to be dickless. Uh, everyone else just, you know, going to go jack off tonight. And uh, that's basically a, a Saturday night in Nantucket, Steve. A lot of nut busting on your hand. Yeah, and Lowell found out that Tucker actually went on the rat shoot and he grabbed a 20 pounder. Damn, Joe. 20 pound? I mean, God damn. What kind of fucking rats you got out there? What the fuck? Man, hanging outside of Titan uh, Entertainment, getting that, <laughs> that residual, whatever the fucking Vince's guys like dropping off, like uh, Ultimate <laughs> Warrior. Just throwing out of his convertible. The water around this fucking fact and fucking WWE's headquarters is just fucking. It's like that Ninja Turtles shit that went out into the environment. Fucking rats looking like Roger Clemens and shit. So yeah, I mean, I will we ever watch Wings again? Maybe if we get desperate, Steve. But I gotta say, this did not leave a good taste in my mouth, and uh, you know. Just really, other than Roy maybe needing to be arrested for a possible rape at some point, I just feel like there's nothing going on in the show. So, Until next time, Wings, maybe. Uh, But you know who probably didn't watch this episode besides you and me in 1993, Matt? Everyone. Everyone. (laughs) Probably the Houston Rockets when they scored 94 points against the Knicks uh, at Madison Square Garden. They recorded their 15th straight win to start the season. And they tied the Washington Capitals all-time NBA record in 1948 and 49. Their streak would end in the next game. And they would go on to win this year, that season's championship against the Knicks. But not before we see a bunch of police cars chasing OJ down. Clyde the Glide was on that team, am I right? Uh, he was on that next, that following year's team. Uh, okay. he, yeah, he came as a part of a trade. This was Olajuwon, Kenny Smith, uh, Vernon Maxwell, uh, Robert Ory, Otis Thorpe. Um, did I say Sam Cassell? You did uh, not, Mario. but the, the alien. Sam Cassell, obvious alien amongst us. That was a badass. This team was a bad. This was a cool team to watch. Like I did like it. I remember when when they had like Clyde Drexler and shit. 
Clyde Drexler yeah. is one of my favorite NBA players of all time, a legend. But yeah, dude, the Rockets, Elijah Wan, these motherfuckers were killing it and were basically unstoppable for a couple of years. So yeah, the years Jordan was out. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> Uh, it's someone else who probably wasn't watching the finals uh, or NBA wasn't the finals yet or this episode of Wings was probably Pablo Escobar, Colombian drug lord. Uh, El Jefe, he was. He got deaded, Steve. Now, maybe you're more familiar with the story than I am, man. No, I just know he, I've read the headline and uh, but everyone loves Pablo Escobar. He became like a cultural like whatever he's ever he's very notorious they made shows on him movies about him uh one of the most successful drug dealers of all time interesting story i remember just like fun fact about pablo escobar that's kind of just cool thing uh he had so much money he had to bury it and for a while he was losing more money to rats eating his money than he was to like cops and shit i mean this guy was an asshole uh, but we uh, we love a nice drug dealer story, and he's got one of the best. So oh man, he's he got. Did. But they went after him, dude. I mean, this guy was a scumbag. He blew up a plane. He took over. You know, he did. He killed a lot of motherfuckers. So I hate to did like some not so great things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But if you like narcos, I mean, he they make him look cool as fucking that. I mean, I definitely the narcos version. I definitely smoke a joint with that guy carefully but oh yeah when you hear about these rappers saying they live a movie uh this man did that and uh several retellings after the fact there's probably going to be a escobar musical before we die it's why i mean the story of how they caught him and like what the links they had to go to get this dude is wild dude it's just crazy how much money you can make just slanging some coke dude yeah uh that following year in 1994 uh cobb premiered in theaters and it, it's Tommy Lee Jones playing the Hall of Fame the baseball legend Ty Cobb uh, and by all accounts a real piece of shit yeah I was gonna say how brutal is that movie to watch is it just him blasting n-bombs out constantly and punching a chick because that's that's kind of the vibe I get from Ty Cobb it, it did receive critical acclaim uh I mean I I, I don't know how with the do with that uh you did a really good job at playing a fucking piece of shit uh i do like tommy lee jones though yeah um, huge he, fan. He's, yeah i mean he's played like it's wild that he'll play like just like a normal like a baseball player but then he'll play like two-face and shit you know he's kind of he's done it all but i'm not surprised that tommy lee jones played a shitty redneck southern asshole very well because it seems to be something he's played quite a bit in his life <laughs> yeah and, and i looked in all streaming platforms it's not available man but i i would like to watch the movie because i'm interested in the portrayal man I, i've read up on ty cobb and he was a good baseball player um now given this was back in the day when like a fat ass like babe ruth would look like a stud but still man um he lived an interesting life and i just want to see it yeah, I'm sure. I mean, dude, it's yeah. probably a good ass movie. I mean, Tommy Lee Jones is a badass. No matter, like, he's been in a lot of good movies. But yeah, I don't know. Ty Cobb, not a guy I'm searching out for a biography, but maybe it would be interesting just to see, like, who made it. I wonder, like, who was it? Somebody famous that was the director, or is it just? Probably don't know. I was gonna say if it's like an Oliver Stone telling of Ty Cobb's life, that would be kind of interesting. 
But on that same day, Trapped in Paradise premiered in theaters. And this is one of the things where I like the the individual parts, but the the grand sum, uh, not so much. It but who's John in Lovitz, Okay, uh, my John bad. Lovitz, uh, Dana Carvey, and Nicolas Cage. Trapped in Paradise. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's that one. Yeah, can't get the full picture up, but it's just the. It's like the the movie I saw in the movie shelves that are like video connection a lot, but I never saw that shit. I here's the thing, Steve. I'm not a big John Lovitz fan, except High School High. That's about hey, it. Critic. You didn't like yeah critic? you're right you're right um, let me let me take that back my bad john and uh cobb was directed by ron shelton okay yeah. i for some reason thought it was somebody like a famous director that did that but that, i mean i'm sure that movie is wild to watch uh probably pretty insane to watch because it's just a racist dude just fucking nailing baseballs out of the park but you know, I guess <laughs> it's weird. You can't find it anywhere, though. You'd think that'd be pretty easy to get. And maybe they just like, like, fuck Ty Cobb. Fuck his bitch ass. It'll probably resurface somewhere, man. You know how they have these uh, terms for Netflix and Hulu, you know, yeah, some hell yeah. come, some go. But uh, someone else who probably wasn't watching Cobb or Trapped in Paradise in 1994 is Heidi Fleiss, who was mm -hmm. found guilty of running a call girl ring. Damn, there's a lot of prostitution going on this week, Steve. Heidi Fleiss, yeah. responsible for that Boston call girl situation we saw on Wings. Uh, notably fucked Tom Sizemore, I believe. Um, the Hollywood... Really? Yeah, I believe they were connected somehow. Um, but then, obviously, Tom, he sort of had a really high arc and then just wherever he's at now i mean he was on it's always sunny but i feel like he's still probably dealing with a lot of issues but this was wild the hollywood prostitution what was the hollywood madam isn't that what they called the hollywood her madam yeah uh heidi fleiss looks like she has to take her teeth out the fuck yeah i mean i did they all fall out because of meth i mean she just looks like uh a, a skeleton that they slapped some skin on in that photo that's pretty wild <laughs> No, well over. And uh, in 1995, on December 2nd, Saturday Night Live is airing the episode with musical guest Foo Fighters and your host, Anthony Edwards. This was uh, the beginning of the Joe Pesci show. Oh, shit. That's a big one. Jim Brewer. Yeah. Jim Brewer had a lot of fucking recurring skits. Goat Boy. That's a success. He had a nice run. And I think his run was only about two seasons. He, I want to say he left like midway through his last season there, man. Yeah, he didn't uh, like it there. I've heard him talk about it since on like podcasts. He was not a huge fan of the SNL experience, I don't think. And uh, th this was funny because Nancy Walls plays Sharon Stone and he checks her like about, about kissing some other actor or whatever. Oh, you kiss him, but you can't. I just get a handshake. So he beats her with a bat. Uh, and then Macaulay Culkin comes out, played by Anthony Edwards. And he's like, oh, you had fun hitting me with paint cans, huh? And then he beats <laughs> the shit out of uh, Macaulay Culkin. And then uh, Mark McKinney comes out and plays Jim Carrey. Uh, and then uh, <laughs> Carrey calls his show Smoking. And he's like, <laughs> smoking out. Smoking like my ass after Mexican food. What am I a joke to you? I mean, he just always had that. He has like a bat that like a foam bat, dude. That's fucking funny as shit. I forgot about the Joe Pesci show. 
does. He did one where, like, I feel like De Niro was on it, or somebody played De Niro like very well, and he's they start beating somebody together. But uh, this was a great skit. I forgot about this. Yeah, De Niro and and Pesci. I can't remember who actually played De Niro in the thing. It might have been Alec Baldwin. Was it? Okay, it might have been. Right. It might have been back then. But yeah, dude. Shout out to fucking Jim Brewer because this moment he's been just killing it consistently throughout the 90s and since i mean the guy's still fucking hammering it as a stand-up so uh he's not known for his uh comedic shit man he was more known for er that's what they had him host for but he did a good job man uh another good one was uh the nasty and um tim meadows plays this like uh fictional rapper and he's going along with the montel jordan song this is how we do but he's like this is doing the nasty do the nasty do the nasty dude and it just becomes this like convoluted skit and it just drags on and drags on uh uh, he basically puts his back out doing the nasty and he has to go to the doctor and they're questioning (laughs) him about if he can do the nasty and anthony edwards plays like his manager um will ferrell plays the, the music video director um and they wind up in lauren michael's bed uh, and, and like it was basically all a dream it was like man i'll never do a skit like that and they asked lauren if something was that bad you wouldn't put it on tv would you and then he has like this little devilish grin <laughs> do the nasty do the nasty time to do i love that you said he threw his back out doing the nasty i mean haven't we do all nasty. done that steve do <laughs> uh maybe got charlie horse or two <laughs> Oh. But in 1997, we lost English wrestler Shirley Crabtree. Uh, he was also known as Big Daddy. <laughs> that was his, uh, he, was, he was an English guy. And, Big uh, Daddy. Yeah, he's one of those old school guys. And uh, apparently he was in the Guinness Book of Records, man, for having the largest chest. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't think this is what got him into the books. Is can't he doing be. the nasty right now, Steve? What's going on? I mean, <laughs> I'm, covering, I'm covering that part up. Yeah, that's behind me. It's nasty body. Damn. Yeah. I'll tell you, that's, those are some nips right there. So I, maybe that's what he won the award for. Some of the best. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that, Steve. I'm kind of getting boned up here. So let's see. Yeah. Davy Boy Smith, you are not, my friend. Oh, <laughs> uh, gross. Dude. Uh, and in 1998, Juice World, the American rapper, singer, and songwriter, is born. And this guy is dead, right? Yes. The man uh, came after us and he left before us like a grand entrance. Can you give me some back? Because this guy, he's beloved and he his name was sort of the that tour thing that just happened with Travis Scott didn't wasn't that like a tribute to this guy yeah well he had a cult following he was one of those SoundCloud rappers and uh, he's initially he's originally from uh, Chicago and uh his cause of death was I believe accidental overdose oh shit well I just know I've heard his name so much but it's never like associated with his music it's just like him being gone and people that were, I guess were fans of his being like, oh, he's gone too soon. But I, I don't think I've ever even heard one of his songs. 
Uh, there was one song that they played on radio. And I mean, I guess I have to be younger to know more of his shit, but he came up with some of those rappers that you might have heard of. And uh, just six days after his birthday in 2019, he was aboard a private Gulfstream jet in Van Nuys Airport. Uh, he was supposed to go back to uh, Chicago and they were waiting for the jet to arrive. They were notified by agents that the flight on route uh, they suspected had guns and drugs on the plane. And the officials later revealed that they found a 70 pound bag of marijuana on the aircraft and oh, several members damn. of the management team aboard the flight told them that Higgins had taken several unknown pills, including allegedly swallowing multiple Percocet pills to hide them while police were on board the plane. Yeah. Holy fuck. Also, 70 pounds of weed, guys. I mean, do you need to just carry that much? Is it going to... Uh, that seems to be dicey even if you got a private jet but used to work near van nuys airport can't say that it's the best place to die and uh that's crazy just ate a bunch of pills just to hide them from the cops that's that's a bummer isn't that where they make fuck flicks in van nuys isn't that like the uh uh no there's another place that starts with a c eddie adams from torrance i forget it's uh i forget the name but van nuys is just like it's in the valley. It's in the San Fernando Valley. And it's like where broke people go live, Steve. Van Nuys, oh. there's just like a Budweiser factory. Maybe there's some porn shoots in there. Man, uh, but I, I thought that was like the Silicon Valley of porn. No, well, the valley is, but I wouldn't say, hopefully the Van Nuys porno is probably a lot of that, you know, where you see a lot of stretch marks and gunshot scars and shit. You know, it's not the high tier. You know uh, maybe I'm, I'm going off of my uncle's boxes uh, <laughs> whenever he was at work in the 90s. Uh, I do recall seeing Van Nuys from time to time. Probably back uh, in the day. You know, back in the 90s, maybe. Maybe it was popping. But in the, when I was living in, in the late 2000s, not popping. Not popping at all. No, no ground shaking ass up there no. in Van Nuys? No. no. <laughs> a lot of prostitutes, though. Back to that. A lot of call girls. But just, again, probably not those $300 high-class Bostonian joints. Yeah, not the Heidi Fleisses of the world. A lot of hookers at the point hookers. Any callbacks, honorable mentions, takeaways? Matthew? I do have a couple of, well, not callbacks, but a couple of things that I experienced. Uh, one, I just wanted to say uh, I watched Jingle All the Way. I kind of alluded to it earlier. Uh, it happened in the 90s. And I got to say, man, uh, you got to go back and watch it because it's ridiculous. It's stupid. But mm. I mean, Sinbad commits multiple crimes. Schwarzenegger not only tries to act like a normal business guy in Minneapolis, Minnesota, but at one point he punches a reindeer out unconscious and tries to steal a child's toy from his neighbor's house. So, I mean, this movie's wild. Um, very ridiculous. Very fun to watch. It's free. So there you go. And it happened in the 90s. So shout out Sinbad and Arnold. But uh, one thing I just had to say about Wings, beyond the shittiness of the show, um, it did host a Frasier Crane on an episode, actually a year prior to the episode that we watched. So mm. in the other in the season prior, Frasier Crane, played by Kelsey Grammer, um, who at this point had only been on Cheers, showed up for one episode in Wings before Frasier premiered at some point later in the 90s. So Kelsey Grammer actually played Frasier Crane on three different shows. And uh, he's one of the notable actors, one of the few to ever do that. So shout out to Frasier and Kelsey Grammer. Very exclusive Wayne. list. Very exclusive list. 
I think um, it's one. I think that might that's it. Like he's one of the few guys. So uh, well, legend. I, I feel like uh so okay, in the finale of Fresh Prince, you know, they had uh what is it, the Gary Coleman and then George Jefferson. Oh, shit. So I'm sure right. like characters like that have done that kind of stuff. And they and they were in character. You know, I, I know that it was years removed from the original show, but still, you know, so that's what I meant. I and but still, I think that list is exclusive. It's a very small list of people who have done it thrice. I mean, the hat trick of TV show, you got, you're getting paid if you're, you're in that upper echelon. So shout out to anybody who did it. But I just, I didn't know that until this morning and my wife pointed it out and I was like, well, damn, I can't get away from Kelsey Graham. I wish he was in this episode because it would have made it way better. But, you know, live and learn. Even with the hose. What about you? Any callbacks? Any you know acknowledgments? Oh yeah, something I skipped over, man. Uh, we talked about Lenny Kravitz earlier, and in 1995, on December 2nd, uh, his mother, Roxy Roker, passed away. She was uh, famously known as uh, the neighbor of the Jeffersons back in the day. When you see, I don't know if you've seen that clip of George Jefferson dancing with the lady. That's one of the like top clips they use from that show. Well, anyway, she was the neighbor from the show. And, you know, Roxy Roker, she was Lenny Kravitz's mother, and she passed away in 1995, man. Um, and Wings sucks. I, I just can't. Man. Yeah, dude. Uh, okay, Steve, wait, another episode of Wings or a Sandra Bullock movie? I know, just like the hatred. Which one are you avoiding more at this point? Uh, Sandra Bullock movie. It's um, longer, I get it. It's I'm more- adamant about it. I'm adamant about it. God damn. Steve, you're not even going to check out any new, maybe what if she's in like a new shit? Like you're not just, you're just, it's over. I think she has some new shit coming out and I'm not watching it, but you know, wings was on for eight seasons. There's a high probability that I will find something in there. Maybe there's another episode with hoes. Dude, actually, Steve, there is because when I was looking up this to find images, first of all, the internet has not been talking about wings at all. So, to anybody listening to this or wants to watch the video we do about it, not going to be a lot to cut away to because nobody's giving a fuck about wings. And I can, I fully agree and acknowledge that that's that's fine because there's no reason to. But there was another episode, Steve, where Joe finds out he's dating a prostitute so apparently these motherfuckers are fully in like this world and you know a step away from a prostitute at any moment which they're pilots so makes sense four tears in a bucket in nantucket fuck it man (laughs) i mean what else is there to do you know flying for sandpiper and going to boston and you know, watching the Celtics lose in '93. Yeah, apparently Nantucket's just home to some freak shit. Because I mean, we've all heard there was once a man from Nantucket who's mm, was so long he could suck it, Steve. So that guy's walking around sucking his own dick, and Joe Lowell and his brother are out there trying to fuck hoes for money. So apparently Nantucket, it's not a good place to go. I'm gonna avoid it. No. 
Yeah, and the, the series Wings isn't really a good place to go. I, I just really hate the fact that the word win is included in the title of this show, man. And the internet has every right to try to sweep it under the rug. But boys and girls, don't sweep us under the rug. Watch this episode. Like, share, subscribe. Uh, check out our sister show, Over the Culture, every Sunday. And our sister show, Crushgasm, every Wednesday. Our buddies, B3F, they have shit coming out all throughout the week on YouTube and the same streaming platforms. Kill this me. is Steve G, Mad G with Happen in the 90s. Beautiful tasting pussy. Beautiful tasting pussy. Beautiful tasting pussy. Beautiful tasting pussy. You can't even beautiful a taste. You can't.